2: All right, so um, Pharrell on the bench. Uh, Mafia's running it. I just want to go back to this thing on uh, Tyler Skaggs, right? So, oh, there's the touchdown. There's the backdoor cover. You got to be kidding me. I mean, you got to be kidding me. The Saints laid down like nobody's business. <laughs> I mean, they just, 23-3, to and they let them back in the game. I mean, you got to be kidding me. How awful are the Saints? I am telling you, I don't care who their effing quarterback is. They are going to suck. And this is a perfect example. This game was so over. It was the worst game you ever saw in your life. 23-3, to and they're not going to cover. They're not going to cover the four. And I got to tell you, at least this guy, Johnson, caught the ball because the last guy dropped one standing all alone in the end zone by himself. And that guy's getting cut tomorrow. He dropped the ball with nobody on him, wide open, and he dropped it for a sure-fire touchdown, and then they still scored. Now they're going for two, so right now it'd be a push if they fail. They scored. So there you go. There's the cover. So it's 23-21 now, and uh, that's embarrassing. It really is. I mean, if I'm if I'm Peyton, because they'll act like it's no big deal, doesn't even matter, doesn't count, it's irrelevant. We just want to see players. Well, how about your players suck, and everyone that played in this game in the second half should be cut, every single one of them. There isn't one player that did anything in the second half for the Saints. Not one. They're embarrassing. I mean, it really is. So anyway, Mafia the uh, Angels have denied any knowledge of this guy Kay's activities of selling drugs. They conducted their own investigation that found the same result. The president of the team, uh, John Carpino, issued a statement that said, quote, we've never heard of any employee providing illegal narcotics to any player or that any player was seeking illegal narcotics, end quote. The Angels organization strongly disagrees with the claims made by the Skaggs family, and we will vigorously defend these lawsuits in court, end quote. Uh, K, on the other hand, the guy accused of dealing the drugs, has pled not guilty to all charges and is cooperating with the uh, feds. He told the L.A. Times, quote, watching and reading the sordid details of my own weaknesses unfold on the national stage has been nothing short of horrible. However, I'm aware and respectful of the fact that my pain is entirely insignificant compared to the pain that the Skaggs family is feeling and will continue to feel for the rest of their lives. I made the decision to cooperate with the police because I felt that it was the right thing to do. That is all I can do from this point on. If it comes uh, with public shame and uh, derision, I accept that. End quote. He faces charges for d- uh, drug distribution, drug conspiracy in Skagg's overdose death. The charges carry a sentence of 20 years to life in prison if convicted. And what are they going to do? Are they going to let him? Are they actually going to let him uh, off on serving life because he cooperated with the federal authorities and basically told them everything they needed to know, that they got him to roll over on every fact? He rolled over on everybody. He he rolled over on everything. Here's what happened. Here's who knew. They let me do this, that, blah, blah, blah. So we welcome our radio affiliate, Sirius XM channel 204, our satellite partners, Mightier 1090 in San Diego, near Tijuana, do you wanna? Sports Map Radio Network in H-Town and in the city by the bay, Sports Byline USA, Armed Forces Radio as well around the globe. Hoorah, so hoorah. it's Pharrell on a bench, Mavi is running it with me. So, uh... Obviously, this guy is something else, right? Oh, I I feel horrible for, you know, the pain I've suffered is nothing compared to the pain that the Skaggs have suffered and will continue to suffer for the rest of their lives. But, you know, it sounds to me, Mafia, like when it was good, it was certainly good for Kay and everyone involved. When he was dealing drugs, allegedly, to players on the Angels allegedly in that window of time uh it sounds to me like no matter what you hear or read or what's going on that they actually it sounded like they were all uh pretty much getting off on it <laughs> yeah i don't believe uh this is anything more than uh a guy had access to drugs and therefore Uh, the guy that could get the the pills became a pill dealer on the team. And I think it's funny, now there, there might very well be front office people and the president and everyone else didn't know anything about it. But I bet the baseball players on that team knew exactly where they could get the pills from.
0: Is America's primary system working?
1: We're different. We're no ordinary sports talk network.
4: Not only do we have a roster of world-class experts, but they tell you
1: gaming strategies to
4: help you win. Any simpler and we'd have to hold your hand. And nobody wants that. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.
2: I don't know if you're into it, uh, but you should be. Uh, you know all these big contests they have in Vegas where you try to win all the money, and and you know you think that you can uh, pick games better than all the sharps and the heavies in Sin City. You're gonna roll the dice and take on all the players that are you know big shots. I mean the biggest names in handicapping. You're gonna take them all on and beat them. You think you're that much of a badass? Well, now's your chance because. I'm going to tell you about the two best contests in the world. Forget about just Vegas. It's in the world. I mean, this is worldwide. There's nothing better than this. And it's right out of Vegas. Believe me, you. It's the Circa Millions 3 and the Circa Survivor Contest. Two contests. We're talking $10
1: million
2: in prizes. Let me break it down for you, Slick, so that you can uh, digest this a little bit five picks uh, versus the spread each week in the Circuit Millions three contest. You get a point for correct plays, you get a half point for pushes, you can have three entries, that's a thousand a piece, three of them, so three grand, Uh, a million top prize guaranteed, four million in total prizes, quarterly payouts, no rake, 100% payback of prize pool to the players. I mean, how delicious is that? I mean, come on. A million top prize guaranteed. I mean, if you're such a hot shot with your uh, spreads and your picks every week, you think you can uh, dance? Well, then do it. What are you waiting for? You can enter three times, three grand. Boom, you're in. Let's see what you're made of. How about the Circus Survivor Contest? You can order six entries up at a 1000 per six million total guaranteed payout, one million undefeated bonus prize. You can choose one different team to win straight up each week, just straight up, pick a team to win. You cannot pick the same team twice. Ties and canceled games are losers. Thanksgiving and Christmas each is its own contest week. 20 selections for the season. Entries for holiday weeks previously selected will be eliminated. Undefeated bonus prize week 18 must choose Kansas City or Tampa and if you've previously used either of those teams the player loses. You can sign up in Nevada at Circus Sports Counters at the Golden Gate Casino, the D Casino, Circa Casino, the brand new and Circa down on Fremont Street. It is badass central. The Circa rules Vegas now. Tuscany Suites Casino, the Pass at Water Street Casino, or on the Circa Nevada mobile app or Circa kiosks everywhere. And outside of Nevada, you can use a proxy. I'm a little surprised that Mafia hasn't signed up already to both contests. I mean, you thought like today when I did it on Coast to Coast and started talking about the Circa Millions and the Circa Survivor, I thought by the time we went on the bench tonight, The mafia would have already signed up for both contests. I mean, he would have just gone into the secret society fund that he hides over there at his crib, like in the ground. He buries it. He's got a stack of money from all those late night runs to the airport. I thought he'd taken out a few, you know, uh, grand and then just, you know, called his proxy in Vegas and said, Here you go. Go over there and sign me up for the millions and the survivor he hasn't done it yet and i'm just wondering now if he's even going to make it to the end of the week without signing up like and then by the end of next week if he hasn't signed up i'm going to start making fun of him like what's the problem uh, mafia over here you're not going to sign up for these contests you've already been around these contests from the first year they did it then the second year by year three you'd think you'd be in the game
4: of course I'm going to be in the game, Scott. You know, I got a little tied up putting the kid to bed tonight. Tomorrow I'm telling the wife, listen, you do it. I got to call my guy. I got to, get to set this up. I mean, all those other contests that you get involved out there cost so much, an arm and a leg. This one's, you know, just pennies on the dollar. It's awesome. You got to get involved. How could you not? You get involved. You get a couple entries. You get all those, you know, great picks in there. You got to love the Circa Millions going on.
2: Can you imagine if Derek Stevens, the owner of Circa, the Golden Gate, and the D Casinos, The badass Derek Stevens, if he were to hand you, Mafia, that million-dollar circa three, if you want it all, and he gave you a stack like that, like just a big old fat briefcase full of a milliones, I mean, you might keel over, Mafia.
4: I lose my mind. You know, he's giving away Camaros and Corvettes when we've been there before. Those are nothing compared to what we got in this context. you got to get involved.
2: I am excited. Uh, Check it out. Circa Millions. Circus Survivor, do it. What are you waiting for? I mean, what's wrong with you? There's got to be something wrong with you. Honestly. Uh, so the game ended 23-21. to 21. I think it boils down to, uh, well, the Saints are Pikers. They were up 23-3, to three and you can't cover the four. You can't win the game. You got to let uh, the Jaguars, the worst team in the NFL, to backdoor your ass in your building. How bad did that suck, Mafia? Up 23 to 3. I mean, honestly.
4: That's pathetic, and that just shows how little these teams care about the preseason. I mean, honestly, they don't care about the spread. We know that anyway. But the fact that you could have that big lead and it doesn't matter. You're just gonna, oh, we're gonna run these guys out there, we're gonna do this thing. I mean, just a little you know, second to last week a preseason. This is when you're supposed to be, you know, you're almost your dress rehearsal now because you lose that last game. It's not the third week anymore where you're running your guys out there and really trying to fine tune. Now it's the second week because the third week, you can run the scrubs out there and see who you're getting rid of tomorrow. So that they could let that happen, whether it was their second or third team, there's still guys that are going to be on your roster. There's still guys that are going to get some playing time, especially if guys go down, they got to be up at this upper level and they obviously weren't there tonight. That's pathetic.
2: So Minshew threw a pick with eight minutes left and it was 23 to six and they still got the ball back enough times to backdoor cover. That is unbelievable to me. It really is. I'll
3: tell you one thing, uh,
2: I'll give you the numbers. I thought Minshew played, frankly, um, well, I mean, I thought he was, you know, incredible bringing him back, 149 yards, seven yard average. He got, uh, you know, sacked ones, threw a pick. Was 13 of 21, but uh, Bethard, nine of 14, 121, and 8.6 average, two touchdowns. He was even better. And then Trevor Lawrence, the top pick in the draft, 14 of 23, 113 yards, a 4.9 average, no TDs, no picks, sacked once. Uh, but obviously, uh, they're pleased with his performance. I actually uh, thought that uh, Bethard and Minshew played better, but they certainly played more. And then as far as the battle between the Saints quarterbacks, Hill was 11 of 20 for 138 yards, a 6.9 average, one TD, sack twice, famous Jameis, 9 of 10, 123 yards, a 12.3 yard average, two touchdowns, no sacks. A 157.5 rating. I thought Winston tonight won the job. That's over. Winston's the starting quarterback. I just won't believe it if they give it to Hill. Hill does so many things in other situations. Third downs, fourth downs. You let Hill come into the game. I got no problem with that. But Jameis Winston should be the uh, starter. Three series, nine of ten, 123 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, Like a 40-yard bomb. I've already gone through this. A 20 29-yard bomb. I mean, the guy, what was it? Um, I think it was, uh, you know, the first one in terms of uh, the touchdown. I have to get this right. I'll be here all night looking for this stuff. I, I came out earlier on the air. You know what I mean? Uh, it, one of them was, uh, here it is, 43 yards to Callaway. And the other one, 29 yards to Callaway. So as far as I'm concerned, that's over with. Uh, Jameis got it done. Taysom did well, but uh, he had nine incompletions. Famous Jameis had one incompletion. He was clean, tight, got it done, threw two touchdowns. That's done deal, baby.
0: Is America's primary system working?
1: Such a
2: badass. He just absolutely is a monster in the block.
0: I just want to feel my burger finger. Over. You're so money, and you don't even know. All right,
2: we're all on a bench. Yeah, you know. Uh, look, I think the famous Jameis won that job tonight. I mean, he was clean, threw the bomb for a touchdown. He was slinging the ball all over the field. He only threw one incompletion, two touchdowns to the same guy, including a bomb touchdown, two TDs on three drives, all in the first quarter. He was throwing the ball beautifully. Uh, to, I mean, just steal the job. That's that. Anyway, I just hated the end of that game. Watching the Saints just bend over and allow the backdoor cover made me sick to my stomach. It is what it is. I don't know if you saw the uh, baseball tonight, uh, Mafia, but (laughs) Mr. Freeze, your boy catches some guy from behind. The guy in Atlanta was rocking, and he was winning that race. All he had to do was go, like, 10 more yards and he had glory he had it all this dude and then he wiped out and bit it <laughs> he just abs- absolutely just coiffed at the end 10 yards from the finish line he bit it and just absolutely kissed the warning track dirt <laughs> and went head first right into in a devastating crash right at the finish line it was awesome and you see your boy <laughs> Mr. Freeze catching him from my mind. The guy got all flustered and wiped out. Hopefully, we can show you that tomorrow on Coast to Coast. I have seen it all. Uh, how about the Yankees? Ten in a row, and they beat the Braves tonight in Atlanta, ending their nine-game winning streak. It's the first time since basically the turn of the century that, uh, going back to 1901, that Two teams that have won nine in a row hooked up, and the Yankees come out on top and get it done. The other game uh, of interest was, uh, believe it or not, not that it matters because they both suck, but the Cubs were down in that game to the Rockies, and, and I'm talking late. They were losing, like, and they scored two in the – I think they scored two in the eighth and uh, three in the ninth or something like that. It was three in the eighth, two in the ninth. They were down uh, four to one, and in, in, going into the bottom of the eighth, and they roared back and won the game. Unbelievable! The Cubs wisdom a single to center. Ortega scored that made it four to two. Bode grounded into a double play. Swindell scored, and Hap went to third, and then uh Hermesio doubled the deep left half scored and then in the and, and that was in the eighth in the ninth Ortega uh, a two run shot to right and that was it. 6-4 so they tied it in the eighth and they walked it off in the ninth the Cubs get it done 6 to 4 I love that bet at least that I hit now I'll tell you what's going on the Astros are going to lose to the Royals do you remember when they went to kansas city i'll look it up right now they were just there they went to kansas city and this is just last week whatever the first game the royals won seven to six last monday tuesday the royals won three to one over the astros wednesday three to two royals over the astros and then finally thursday the astros won six to three in um 10 innings they had to go 10 innings to beat them. Then the Astros took two of three from the Mariners. Then they go play the uh, Royals at home, at home, no less. And they're losing right now, seven to one in the ninth inning. That is unbelievable to me that the first place Astros cannot beat the last place Royals. And I mean, this is the same thing as last week, three or four last week in Kansas city. Now they're going to take the first game of this series in Houston, and they play them uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday in Houston. It could be the same bloodletting all over again. How is it that the Royals own the Astros is beyond me? I just can't even explain it. That is craziness. The Jays beat the White Sox 2-1. to The Pirates ended up beating the Diamondbacks 6-5. I hit that bet as well. Hit the Yankees, hit the Cubs, hit the Red Sox, and I'm going to lose the Astros, the Mariners, and A's are in the bottom of the sixth right now, tied at two. It was one nothing uh, A's in the first. Gomes grounded out to second, uh, and they got the run in from third, and then uh, Gomes in the fourth homered to left, almost 400 feet, made it two nothing. And then Haniger homered to left center with Crawford on in the sixth for the Mariners to tie the game at twos. So those are the only games uh, tonight, Mafia. Uh, you never told me what you thought of uh, Pacquiao losing, other than uh, you knew that I bet on Ugas at three to one odds to upset Pacquiao, and not only did I tell you that uh, that that he would do it but I bet it, and uh, we had it on for com. How about the upset of your boy Pac-Man on Saturday night in Vegas?
4: I couldn't believe it, honestly. I mean, not to disrespect Ugas, but first of all, he was training to fight Spence. So if he lost to Ugas, what was going to happen if he fought Spence? I mean, I know we all thought that Spence was better. Spence was going to win this fight, probably. You know, not even probably. We knew Spence was going to win the fight, but. If Ugas beat him on the cards, Spence would have destroyed him. Spence would have put him down at some point in that fight, and it would have been embarrassing for him. So maybe it's better that he fought Ugas and just kind of loses by decision instead of getting you know carried out by you know Freddie un- under his arms because he just can't even see straight after Spence just put a whooping on him. Because it's just amazing that he has this guy. Like, boxing isn't the same as the UFC. The UFC has you know not to, not just because I'm a UFC you know fan, you know lover, uh, expert, whatever you want to call it, but if you have someone deeper down on a UFC card, you know, even on the main card or sometimes even the end of the prelims, it's not that they're a bad fighter. Like You have good fights throughout in different weight classes. Boxing, it's you have one good fight. Everyone else on the fight card really doesn't matter sometimes, even if they have a belt. So this guy who was supposed to fight someone else on the card that steps in on 11 days notice to fight the headliner and then pulls the upset. Yes, he had a belt, but still, when you're thinking of it in boxing terms, it's just you know it's incredible and great job by you to pick that. I mean, obviously the books didn't see coming. He was a three to one underdog. They don't want to lose that kind of money, so it's amazing that this guy just came in there, handled his business. He had no fear, and that's why he was a champ. That's why he's still a champ. Congrats to him.
2: So tell me um, what happened in the UFC fight night with Cannonier.
4: He had a good fight. You know, we were talking about that fight on Friday, and I said. I thought he would win. I thought he would win by decision, but that was what was scary because I, you know, Gaslam doesn't get finished. He doesn't get knocked out. He's gotten submitted a couple of times. Usually he loses by decision. So this guy, you know, coming against the killer gorilla who finishes a lot of people, who knocks him down, and I'm going to fight a 5 run fight. Just thinking, you know, if he's got to go deep, it's a situation where Gaslam can, you know, keep the gas tank going and maybe just outpoint him the last two rounds and steal a fight that Canadier probably was, you know, ahead, and that. Almost happened. It looked like that was, you know, a chance. And then Cannonier, you know, kept his gas tank going. In the fourth, he caught Gaslam. And he looked like he got even better actually in the fourth and fifth rounds. Not even just the knockdown on, you know, Gaslam by Cannonier, but he's a it go. And It seemed like he was getting the timing down better, which is big because he's coming off the loss to Whitaker, who just completely picked him apart for you know all the rounds that they fought. He was just sitting there and Whitaker got his timing down and he was picking him apart before he can get his shots in. Whitaker was hitting him a couple times getting away with some good combinations and now pointing him. So you know, Gaslam, who's a kind of a similar kind of fighter, but with a little more ground game than Whitaker, comes in there and Cannonier just figured him out. And it was a great job by him. You know, he was sitting there at number three. Now you're probably putting him up there as the you know, after Whitaker, the next guy in line for a, a title shot, because Paulo Costa was supposed to be in this fight against him, didn't fight, you know, the second time he pulled out, second time Gaslam jumps in for him. So now you're not gonna put, you know, Casa in this situation where he can go fight for the title after his last fight was the loss of Adesanya, has not come back and fought anybody since. He just made excuses about, you know, drinking a bottle of wine the night before like an idiot and that he was hungover, and that's why he lost, and that's why he looked like crap. Well, then, you know what? You're not fighting. You're not one in there. Well, the guy that's below you, technically, that's come back and won a good fight against a guy that, you know, is game for anybody else, he's going to jump you. So now, once Whitaker and Adesanya happens, Cannonier might be the next one in line if he sits and waits instead of trying to jump in against someone else. So who won the other fights? Uh, you had uh, Madsen, the you know 39 year old Olympian, beat in decision uh, the Carpenter Guida, and then you also had Vince Michelle win his fight by decision as well. So we had all three of those on the money line. All three of those we said were going to be by decision. We even had uh, Cannonier as a little uh, you know caveat there as the the alt rounds of the him winning in four five or by decision. So we hit all those. So a nice seven zero night for us.
2: Oh, that's awesome. Um, so a perfect night.
4: Yeah, a perfect night. And you know, when you get into just the method of victory, like you know, those guys winning by points, that's where you start to get the plus money. So you had a couple plus money bets in there too, because they're, you know, they're favorites. I think the Pichelle one was pretty much even money either guy. But when you get into those guys winning by points, that's where you get that little extra juice. You get the plus odds. So it was a nice night for
2: us. Did you just see uh, that Josh Rosen got signed by the Falcons after they lost AJ McCarron uh, to a season-ending injury? They went out and signed Josh Rosen. That guy just continues to get jobs. It is unbelievable. He never plays one lick, but the guy gets paid. The guy stands around and gets paid all kinds of money in the NFL. That is amazing to me. It's Pharrell on bench.
1: you don't have to listen to sports grid
4: you can always go find a clover pack get down on all fours and find one with four leaves or you can get the winning edge right here
1: and you won't get any ticks
4: this is the sports grid radio network
2: I so saw Luke Voigt, uh got the AL player of the week. The A's have, uh, you know, Voight of the Yankees. A's 3-2 now in the seventh in uh, the ashtray in Oakland up on the Mariners. I was looking at this video of um, Evan Mobley working out with Stephen Adams, of course, Mobley uh, with the Cavs, just got drafted. Adams now with the Grizzlies. Uh, these two were just playing – a little one-on-one and just working each other in the paint from the top of the key. And it was pretty good. I mean, Mobley means business. He's taking on that monster Adams and he was just sticking shots right in his face. Mostly a lot of elbow stuff. He didn't want to get all caught up and going uh, real low in the block against him. And Adams did that to Mobley. He's a lot stronger than Mobley. So he was able to force his way inside and dunk on him a couple times and get some kisses off the glass and some buckets right at the, at the 10. But uh, Mobley's handle was good for a big man. And he was, you know, swinging and getting space out of the elbows and doing some nice baseline step backs, kisses off the glass, step back, uh, you know, riser net shot, just a high little floater, on the baseline, a little step back, you know, dribble, spin, step back, kick it up in the air. I hit that shot all the time. Uh, but uh, Adams was defending him, and the kid was still uh, laying it down. But Adams did whatever he wanted, did a kid. Obviously, he's a lot uh, more physical. And, uh, you know, they're both huge. So Adams is long as well and can defend and can bang and do whatever he wants uh, to anybody. Obviously, today would have been uh, Kobe Bryant's birthday, and he would have been 43 today. And I just can never, ever just accept the fact that he's gone. I just, I just find it just devastating. I hate that that happened. Uh, you have no idea. Like, I loved watching that guy play. I loved watching him play live. I liked watching him uh, play on TV. I loved his career. I loved his big games, big moments. Five rings, you know, uh, two without Shaq, three with him. Everybody said he couldn't win without Shaq, and he went out and did it. And just his drive and his killer instinct and just annihilate you and just go for it every night and and play uh, above and beyond ever anyone's, you know, Limits. You could never stop him. He just was every night, all night, every every day, always. And I loved what he used to say about, you know, even when his wife gave the speech at his funeral, that he, he played for the guy that was sitting in the last row of the upper deck that saved his money for months just to be able to afford a ticket to see him play. That he cared that much about the game and about fans that he uh, played every night and gave it his all, always. And I got to tell you, they just don't make him like that anymore, in my opinion. Um, I mean, I'll give you, for the most part, I'll give you LeBron James, you know, that he does, that he. Uh, puts on a show every night and plays hard every night. And I'd say for the most part, gives it his all every night he plays. We rarely have seen him injured and out of the lineup, right? He's just a constant. And so I'm not going to sit here and question his drive or his game and how hard he works, but. I got to tell you, it's hard for me to sit here and, and wrap my hands around anyone else that does it. Like every single night, no matter what, come hell or high water, this guy, Kobe Bryant, did it. It was every single night. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you a guy that does it for me every single night believe it or not, is is Brody. I think that uh, Russell Westbrook plays that style. Go figure. He's from L.A. Go figure. Uh, He's a Long Beach kid. Go figure. Um, He played at UCLA. Go figure that he's a Laker now. And uh, following in the footsteps of Kobe Bryant. Uh, People can say whatever they want about Westbrook. That, you know, oh, he's he's selfish. He, He can't shoot. I've heard it all about Westbrook, but the reality is he can play his ass off. And he does every night. And he goes at a hundred miles an hour all the time, every time he's on the floor in all of his burn, he's, he's 110% rocking it and going full speed ahead. He's in fifth gear. Boom. And, Are there really a lot of players in the NBA that actually seriously play their ass off every single night, every single minute, every single uh, time they're on the floor, all of their burn, the whole game? They're going 100 and uh, in a 55. They're just playing above and beyond anyone else on the floor giving it they're all going full speed ahead diving for balls everything else is there anyone where can you sit here and name five that do it every single night no matter what every single night you cannot put kyrie irving in that boat you know um harden i i'm I just can't do it. I, I think Harden's unbelievable. I think the guy's a gamer. I think he's a great ISO player. I think he's a great, uh, certainly scorer and finisher and uh, playmaker. There's no doubt. He, you know, I never thought he passed until I saw him play every single night with the nets that I believed he could pass. And he does. Um, my problem with Harden, you know, obviously, We saw him get hurt. We saw Durant have the calf. We saw him all have injuries over the last couple of years. Uh, Not Harden, but Durant. And, you know, I think Durant is certainly unstoppable. I think he's maybe, a lot of people would say, the best player in the league now. And no one can stop him. He can do whatever he wants. Does he go all out every single night that he plays, every single time he's on the floor? I don't think so. I just do not think so. And you can't say that about Kobe Bryant. Now, I would have to pull up every single team and think about every single roster and every single starter in the league and think of a guy that goes absolutely, just completely... Onions to the wall every single time he's out there. Mafia, would you put uh, Damian Lillard in that group? Would you... You think he goes 100% every single time he He never chills.
4: I think I would because, you know, not necessarily because he wants to. I think he has to out of necessity because everybody on that team keeps getting hurt over the last couple years except for him. He's there just about every game. So I think he does... But he's one of the few stars, like you said, like him, LeBron. There's not that many out there who really do. You know, for me, if you're thinking of like, well, who does that? Who goes 100 miles an hour all out every time they play? It's usually more the role players or the guys who are, you know, not the stars that really need to earn their keep that way, like a Divincenzo or like a kind, you know, a Pat Connaughton. Like those are guys I think of if you think of someone who just busts their ass every night. But you know, guys like Kobe, who are superstars, who are you know, going to be legends in the game, who are some of the you know top five, 10, 15 players in the game. Most of them don't do that anymore.
2: Do you think uh, Jimmy Butler goes one hundred and ten percent every single time, every every game, no matter what? Uh,
4: no, I think he tries to portray yeah. he does. I think he tries to give off that attitude, like he's going to do that, like he's like the junkyard dog type. But I think there are games he takes off. I think there's games he just takes off, you know, not playing. You know, that he has some injury that's not really that bad that he could be in there. You know, like uh, you know AI used to see they show like what he, his injuries were before a game and the graphics look like the guy was a voodoo doll he had so many things that point at his body that were hurt still played you don't have that with you know a guy like Jimmy Butler I don't feel like
2: do you think and I think this is pretty much a yes or no on these guys it's like a hall of fame question they either do or they don't do you think Spider Mitchell does no do you think Devin Booker does no do you think uh Kyler Murray does or uh the Joker?
4: No way. Mm, no. I mean the Joker no I don't way. think can go oh you know hard like that every game. That guy just he's not fast enough to go that hard every game.
2: Do you think I, I don't think Kawhi Leonard or Paul George does Kawhi Leonard Kawhi definitely Kawhi Leonard. Does it doesn't Takes way too many nights off.
4: Right, he's the first one you think of if you think of guys who don't go hard every game. Him and PG thirteen alternate who gets rest that week.
2: Do you think Doncic goes all out every game nonstop, or do you think he plays a little heavy? Like he just looks like he's had a few too many beers and sandwiches sometimes?
4: I think he plays a little heavy. I think he, you know, just has, I think he has to out of, you know, his body type slow play it sometimes. You can't go 100 miles an hour when you're built like him. He's not fast, like the guy. He's the guy that, you know, if you're going to go 100 miles an hour, you're going to play 25, 30 minutes because you're going to get gassed.
2: I think a guy that I'll give it to that uh, plays full speed ahead is Steph Curry.
4: Yes, I'll give that to him as well. You're right. I mean, he's had he's had you know some injuries over the last couple of years, but when he isn't injured, he is going crazy hundred miles an hour and has had to carry that team at times because of you know these guys because of KD and Clay and you know Draymond and other guys getting hurt.
2: I'm not going to give it to uh, Embiid. They just gave him 200 million dollars and he definitely no, no. walks up and down the floor.
4: Not only that, the guy plays half the season,
2: right? Uh, do you think Giannis does?
4: Previous years, I would have said that. I, this year, where we kind of saw that, that knee injury in the knee and the ankle thing lingering, and them kind of holding him out for you know a couple of weeks, and I understand why they did it. I'm not saying that what, he was you know a wuss or it was weak the way they were doing it. But when you do that then I can't say you go hard every game because I just feel like they're like, all right, we're going to play it safe. I mean, that's what everyone does now. So, no, you can't give that to them anymore.
2: What about uh, Trey Young?
4: Trey Young? No, I, I think sometimes he just – because if you go hard every game, you're trying to get the best shot, you're working your butt off. There's too many times where he's just pulling up from 30, 35 feet just because he, he's cocky and he thinks he's a badass. And that's not going 100% for me. That's like, yeah, hey, I'm going to put this up. That's showtime. I'm going to show off. That's not you know busting your ass on every play.
2: Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander, do you think he goes all out with uh, OKC?
4: I think he does, but yeah, I think that's because he has to because he's a good player. You know, I don't think he's on the level of great, you know, superstar player, so I think he has to put that extra effort in.
2: De'Aaron Fox of the Kings.
4: Uh, I don't watch enough Kings basketball to really know, honestly, and the, I don't think anybody he goes does. Pretty
2: hard. He goes pretty hard. I think he goes pretty hard. But you'd say LeBron does and Dave, Anthony Davis doesn't?
4: I'll say LeBron does Anthony Davis does it. But, you know, let's not forget LeBron was one of the ones who kind of started the load management when he was in Cleveland. So right now, in his later years, he's, you know, understanding the value of the fans and he's going to do everything for them. But five years ago, he wasn't.
2: All right, when we come back, I'll get you caught up. Uh, there's only one game going on right now. And uh, the A's and Mariners still going at it, going to the eighth inning in Oakland. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bradison, a
4: Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country.
2: Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right,
0: a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.
3: With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need.
2: My buddy's a fan of yours in Vancouver, Canada. So if he hears you crystal clear, I thought I'd let you know that. Time after time, I sit and I wait for your call. (laughs) Uh, Get ready for college football, right? Like, so Saturday, there's actually college football games. You're going to want to get on PharrellOnTheBench.com for all the action every day, every game, everywhere. This Saturday, Nebraska and Illinois. Scott Frost excited about the season, so much so that they're being investigated by the NCAA for cheating. That game is uh, this Saturday in, uh, I believe, Champaign-Urbana, UConn and Fresno State. Hawaii and UCLA, what will Chip Kelly do? That game's on ESPN at uh, 3.30 Eastern on Saturday. UTEP, New Mexico State. No, thank you. Southern Utah and San Jose State. I'll pass, please. Uh, That one's on late night on CBS Sports Network. The Nebraska-Illinois game's on Fox. All the games start Saturday. Then next week, Like, uh, Wednesday, there's a game. Thursday, there's tons of games, including Ohio State and Minnesota and others. Friday, there's some good games. Uh, Michigan State and Northwestern, one of them. And uh, North Carolina and Virginia Tech, Friday night. And then Saturday the 4th, it is on like Donkey Kong. By the way, tomorrow, uh, four-star guard, Jalen Hood, uh, Shafino, from Montverde Academy in Florida, the class of 22. He's going to announce uh, he's going either to Indiana or Tennessee. He'll make the announcement tomorrow at 2 Eastern. That kid can flat out ball. I want to see if Mike Woodson gets him. I'll see you tomorrow on Coast to Coast on Sports Grid TV at 4 p.m. Eastern. Good night.
0: Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee Governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. With the Wells
3: Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need.